Here's the question. How do you successfully transition into your first official leadership role, build the confidence and competence to lead your team effectively, and establish yourself as a respected and trusted leader across the organization? That's the question, and this show provides the answers. Welcome to the Manager Track Podcast. I'm your host, Ramona Shaw, and I'm on a mission to create workplaces where work is not seen as a source of stress, but as a source of contribution, connection, and fulfillment. And this transition starts with developing a new generation of leaders. I'm a leadership coach, a mom of three, a coffee lover, and a travel enthusiast. Stick around, because in this show, you'll learn how to think, communicate, and act to become a confident, high-performing leader people love to work with. Let's go. Welcome to the Manager Track Podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about why attitude matters more than you might think. And I want to give you a quick personal example. So we have a neighbor who has been planning on selling his house for about a year, maybe a year and a half. He is an architect by profession and so creatively minded. And the process of upgrading his house before he puts it on the market has been really intriguing to him. So he loves making his ideas come true. But that also means that it's been kind of like a construction site um, with a big one of those big pots outside in his front yard because he puts his furniture inside and he has tools in there. And it's been a bit of a mess for about a year. And so last week he sent me a text message and he said, I know you're frustrated with this construction being going on for so long. And I paused and I thought, why does he think he knows that I'm frustrated? I am not frustrated. So then I went back and I thought about any conversation that I might have had where I've left the impression to someone else or maybe even to him himself that I was frustrated with it and I couldn't figure it out because I did not feel frustrated about it. And so I walked over and I saw him in his backyard and I said, hey, tell me why you think that I'm frustrated. And he said, you must be frustrated. It's been going on for so long and there's noise and it looks like a construction site. And I said, listen, I really appreciate your thoughtfulness in writing this message, but I want you to know that I am not frustrated because that would be a choice. I could choose to be frustrated over this and I'm choosing not to be frustrated over it because I understand why you're doing what you're doing. I see how much you love this project and how this process is important to you. And I don't want to change anything, nor can I control you. This is your house. So if I were to choose feeling frustrated and let my brain take over, I would be the one suffering and nothing good would come from it. So I don't even entertain that thought. I am not frustrated about this and I doubt that I ever will be unless something drastically changes and you rip that whole house apart and we're somehow heavily impacted on our lot. But otherwise, nothing that you do is going to make me feel frustrated. And he kind of paused for a second. He thought, it's really interesting how you approach this. And I thought, yeah, it, it hasn't always been that way. I realized that I've went through quite a bit of a growth journey through becoming a coach and then really, really learning how to manage my mind. There used to be a time when I would get frustrated with traffic or I would get frustrated with other people or I would get frustrated with decisions that were made or politics or whatever. There used to be a time where I completely reacted to the things around me. 
but I've learned to manage my mind and choose a better attitude. And so this episode is all about the attitude. Because especially if you're moving into a new role, like you're becoming a new manager or you're drastically increasing the sort of the scope of your responsibilities and you feel stretched, you might worry about failing. So fear is a motivator, maybe even a driving force and it might be in the back of your mind. You might be really critical on yourself in that process. And as a result of that, you might also be critical of other people and other things. Now, attitude is not everything because what attitude isn't is it isn't replacing experience and it isn't replacing competence. But experience and competence aside, attitude matters more than anything else. And to give you another example, and this is by no means scientifically reliable, but I did a LinkedIn poll and I asked a question along the lines of, If you consider a new hire, what do you pay attention to most? Number one, their skills. Number two, their experience. Number three, enthusiasm and passion. And more than, I think it's more than 85% of all the people who responded to this poll said that number one factor is passion and enthusiasm. I.e., their attitude to things, like how they show up. This is huge. So if you notice that you go through your days and you feel frustrated, impatient, get angry, dislike something, feel demotivated, are annoyed with other people, with decisions or with circumstances, this episode is for you. I invite you from the bottom of my heart to really, really listen because your attitude is not something that will be changed by circumstances and other people changing. It is within you. The way to feel better and be in a happier frame of mind has nothing to do with other people, with decisions that have been made or with circumstances. It is all within you. All of it. Maya Angelou once said, if you don't like something, change it. If you cannot change it, change your attitude and don't complain. And this idea of changing your attitude It's not just for other people around you and how you're being perceived at work, although we'll get to that. But it is equally, if not more importantly, about how you feel about yourself. Because if you're frustrated with other people, if you criticize other people or situations and circumstances, there's a very high likelihood that you criticize yourself too, that you may be impatient with yourself or you might be frustrated inside you might be less conscious of what's going on in your inner world than you are in your outer world. But the way that you look at other things and other people is a reflection of how you see yourself on the inside. John Maxwell said that attitude is like a brush painting a picture. You can either paint that colorful and bright with a positive attitude or you can paint that dark and gloomy. And that's what will reflect back. That's what you will see. You will look at the world either as bright and colorful because that's what you painted with your attitude, with your brush, or you can see the world as dark and gloomy. But it's not the world that's changing. It's the attitude. It's the brush that's changing and picking up different colors. And that is a choice. 
And you might be listening now and saying like, no, Ramona, you're wrong. It is not a choice. And I've been there. And I get it. This is not an easy concept. And you may say, hold on a second. Are we talking about leadership here? Why are we talking about attitude? It's because it matters so, so much. Your attitude will impact your success as a leader so, so much. My mission is to develop leaders people love to work for so that our workplaces aren't the source of negative stress. Instead, they are the source of fulfillment, connection, and people are able to thrive. And a huge part of that are the leaders. So your attitude, not only is it going to impact how you feel about yourself, your frame of mind, how you look at the world, whether that's gloomy or bright, it is also going to impact your ability to perform well as a leader. Your attitude is contagious. So other people will pick up on your attitude. If you're frustrated, it's a lot more likely they feel frustrated. If you start a a meeting excited, enthusiastic, it is a lot more likely that they feel that way. In addition to just the way that we feel, when you have a positive outlook, your brain will naturally focus on opportunities, on solutions, on ideas, feel creative, be innovative versus showing up as a critic who sees the problems and sees the barriers and the limits and the restrictions and the obligations. And this is now brain science. When you're having that dark filter on, it's like glasses, you're putting that pair of glasses on with dark filters, your brain is now looking for all the problems, all the things that are going wrong. And that is your default pattern versus putting on bright pink or yellow glasses. And now you see opportunities. You see the positive side. So you're choosing a pair of glasses that you put on in the morning. And then you're going to see very different things as you go about your day. It was your choice to put on those glasses. But now because you have dark glasses on, for example, now you think it's the outside, it's the world, it's the circumstances that are the problem. But in fact, that's not true. Someone else is looking at all that and is seeing it in bright yellow colors. How is that possible? It's because they picked up a different pair of glasses in the morning. So it's your choice. What is the attitude? What is the pair of glasses that you pick up? What is the brush going to be that you hold in your hand to paint that picture? A very simple example that you probably can relate to is that you might be driving down the street and someone cuts right in front of you. You might get frustrated with this and think like, who do you think you are? This is, who do you think you are? That's unfair, it's incorrect, we don't do this. How could you? You're a rookie driver and you could get frustrated about it. Or you can choose a very different perspective. You could say, oh goodness, there must be a rush. Or, oh goodness, I pray for them because I hope they don't get in an accident. They must not know better. They, may not, they must not know better. Or they might just feel really stressed or frustrated themselves or be angry themselves. I feel compassion for them. I'm sorry for that. It must be a hard day. Very similar to the example that I gave you with my neighbor. I could look at it and be like, this is just a sore in my eye. This is annoying. Why the heck isn't he finishing up? Uh, why is this taking so long? Or I could say, no. You do you. This is this is your creative project. You need to go through this process. You're enjoying it. I think it's really interesting to observe what he's doing and, and how he's going about it. And just be interested and curious. Now let's look at the result, right? So the first approach of getting angry would probably 
impact the relationship that I have with my neighbor. As a result of that, it would probably impact the relationship my kids have with this neighbor because they would hear me, they would pick up on my attitude. Even if I'm not verbalizing it, they would pick up on the attitude. So that now erodes the relation, the good relationship I had with this neighbor for me and my kids. On top of that, my neighbor would probably start feeling frustrated with me and feel guilty and not be enjoying the process. And I would feel all the frustration. The anger would be in my body. I would feel it. It would impact my mood and my energy level and all of that. Versus me choosing a different attitude is now allowing us to actually have a better relationship because he feels so grateful that he has a neighbor with a positive attitude about this. And I enjoy seeing him and I get curious about it. My kids pick up on this and they love seeing and asking him questions about his projects. He feels happier and most of all, I feel really good about it. I feel happy and I feel really good about it. And I don't carry that load, the heaviness of a negative attitude. And that is a choice. I don't have different genes, nor do any of the other people like John Maxwell, who talks about attitude a lot, like Maya Angelou, who said, stop complaining. And many, many more. I could go on and on and on about the people who've made great things because they manage their attitude from Viktor Frankl to Nelson Mandela and millions of people in between. But we have to develop this consciousness and then be intentional in how we show up at work. So if you have a boss who's triggering you or if you have coworkers who seem to annoy you or if you disagree with a company policy or a procedure or you stop liking your job, this is an opportunity for you to reflect on your attitude and to practice the skill to intervene and change your attitude. It's like a gift. Whenever something kind of stings, that is the moment, that is the opportunity to look at it and see how can we reframe this so that we create better results. So if you're intrigued and you have an area in your life where you notice your attitude might be getting in the way, here are the four steps that I invite you to go through. Number one is to first become aware. And I would suggest that you write this down. What are some of the situations or people, the relationships or circumstances that annoy or frustrate you or where you notice you have a negative attitude? If you're not 100% sure in how you're being perceived or what attitude you're displaying at work, I suggest you ask a few trusted friends or coworkers or colleagues or even a boss and say, hey, I'm curious. Very honestly, could you tell me like, what is the attitude that you pick up from me? What kind of attitude do you think I bring to work? I'm really interested in learning how I'm being perceived. And I promise I won't be defensive. I'll just be very grateful for anything that you share. So be as honest as possible. And they may say like, oh, generally you have a great attitude. And I say like, okay, what are some areas where you notice I don't have the best attitude and I could do a bit of work to change my attitude to get a little bit more specific? What are some of the areas? Understand where your attitude might be getting in the way, where it might be hurting you, your load, but it may also impact how you see the circumstances around you or the people around you. So that's number one, building awareness. Number two is to own the fact that the problem is your attitude and it's not a circumstance or another person. Here's what I mean. So this is about not complaining and not blaming. Instead, it's about saying, I just have a bad attitude about this. 
So here's a personal example. I have a work relationship with someone who doesn't respond to emails within like 24 or 48 hours, but it takes sometimes weeks um, and a couple of follow-ups to get a response. And sometimes I notice myself getting a little impatient because I think we're not moving fast enough. We're not progressing quick enough. We're not on it as much as I'd like to be. But instead of blaming this other person, I take ownership for my attitude. I say, oh, Ramona, this is your impatient attitude. It is not the other person. The other person gets to do and manage the things the way that they want. I can make suggestions. I can bring it up. I can ask for it. But they get to choose ultimately what they're going to do. And then if I can't control it and I've communicated my point of view, it is on me to change my attitude. So the first step is to just own it as an attitude. Stop blaming, stop complaining. I'm owning. Ramona, this is your impatient attitude. So that's step number two. Step number three is to change your thoughts. So now that you identified, it's all about speaking back to your brain, not just listen to it. Most people just run through life listening to their brain and listening to the fear and the worry and the self-doubt and thinking that is reality or thinking that is their identity. It is not. It is your survival brain talking. So in order to make the most out of your brain and to change your attitude, you got to talk back to your brain. you got to introduce new and better thoughts. This is how you manage your mind, how you develop a stronger, more resilient, more positive mindset is you introduce better thoughts. You talk back to your brain. So in this case, I talk back to my brain. I say, this is my attitude. This is my impatience. What can I do? How can I solve this? I got agency. I can create all these things. I can empower myself with my thoughts. So that is step number three. And I do a lot of this work. And I think the way that I've really shifted my attitude over the last few years is by working with a coach and having someone else who's helping me reframe and pick these things up. And I think that's the value. It's a huge value that I can provide to my clients and that I get from my coaches. So if you don't have a coach in your life or someone who can support you, build this self-awareness and then develop a really strong mindset and positive attitude and be honest with giving you feedback when the attitude is getting in the way, then I recommend that you build that part in your support system. And this is huge. This is why people such as Bill Gates or Eric Smith, they say everyone needs a coach because it's way easy for someone else to pick up our attitudes and to identify our limiting beliefs and our thought patterns that are getting in our way than it is for us to do this on our own. So step number three was changing your thoughts. And then step number four is to continuously practice the new thoughts until that becomes the default. So that when you wake up in the morning, instead of picking up the gray glasses, you're picking up the yellow glasses by default. You may look at the different colored glasses, but by default, you're just grabbing the yellow glasses versus what you might be doing right now is picking up the black and then sometimes you might pick up the gray or sometimes you might pick up the blue, but hardly ever picking up the yellow by default. So let me repeat. First, develop self-awareness. Identify what relationships or circumstances are triggering you. Where do you have an attitude? And ask people around you to see how you're being perceived. Number two, own it that it's an attitude and stop blaming or complaining. Number three, change your thoughts. Talk back to your brain. And number four, keep practicing. This is like going to the gym. 
picking up the dumbbell over and over again. Doing this one day is not going to make it the default pattern. You have to keep doing this over and over again so that your attitude will change. And when you do, and when you notice you have a positive attitude, it's so much easier going through life, liking people, feeling by default, compassion for other people, liking circumstances, seeing opportunities and solutions versus just the problems. It is easier for you. It is also so much easier for other people around you to engage with you, to collaborate with you. They want to be around you. They want you to be leading because they appreciate the positive influence you have on them and their attitude. People will gravitate towards your leadership even without an official title with it. That is what attitude can do. So that, just so that you don't get me wrong, I'm all about feeling the entire spectrum of feelings and emotions and be frustrated and be angry and be sad at times. That doesn't mean to react that way and react angry and react frustrated. But it's Absolutely, we need to feel the whole range of our emotions and use the negative emotions as signals that something needs to change or I need to pay attention to something. But once I receive the signal, I identify the pain point, I look for ways to change it again, looking for solutions. And if I can't change it, then it's all about my attitude. Your relationship with yourself will be better and your relationship with other people, coworkers, your boss, your team will be so much better when you manage your attitude and you take ownership of your attitude. So that is my invitation for you today. Go through that four-step process and I'd love to hear what resonated with you in this podcast episode or if even something came out of you going through the first couple of steps in this process. Connect with me on LinkedIn, send me a direct message or on Instagram. I will put the handles down below and I'd love to hear from you. Also, if you know someone who would benefit hearing this message, please do pass this along so we can spread this message even further. Thank you so much. And that's it for today. I'll see you next week. Bye for now. If you love this show, then you love even more my free training for new managers. If you haven't watched this training yet, then I'll strongly encourage you to sign up at RamonaShaw.com forward slash masterclass. You'll discover the key shifts you'll need to make as a new manager and the number one most common mistake to avoid. Plus, you'll walk away with actionable tips that you can apply in your role right away. Go to RamonaShaw.com forward slash masterclass to sign up.